You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Noticing that this is not Pete Rogers, this is not your humble host, this is your wide receiver diva host, Jonathan Barnett here, filling in for Pete. Pete is otherwise occupied. Um, what you may not know is uh, obviously Pete is a very high energy person. He's he's, he's constantly kind of up there. Uh, and, and every now and then, Pete actually has to hibernate. He has to hibernate to try to recover and make sure that the, the fantasy football season doesn't kill him. So Pete's hibernating. Uh, also, Clark is not with us today. I am going to be going alone today. So uh, I guess in in honor of the the recent uh, Monday night game where we got to see the uh, start of the Star Wars trailer, we're going to call this the John Solo episode. Uh, I don't know where else to go with that. There will not be the usual banter, but I'm trying to get something here so that we have a, a little bit of something uh, tied you over until we get through the games this weekend. Uh, and get you ready again next week when we can come back and hopefully have uh, more of us here to to help you up. Starting off, we're going to go the normal way. We're going to start with some news. Uh, the news this week, obviously, the biggest news is uh, Adrian Peterson to Arizona, uh, trading a conditional draft pick to get Adrian Peterson to Arizona. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting thing, I think. Uh, I, I'm the one, of course, who has declared Adrian Peterson is is done. We did the you done. I declared him done. Uh, I was not interested in owning him. And I'll have you know, I picked up Adrian Peterson in, in one league this week. Not in lots of leagues. Uh, I'm in 12 different leagues right now. I picked him up in one. Uh, it's a league where I am kind of short on running back at this point. I've had some injuries. But I think that this actually does make Adrian Peterson more interesting. He gets out of being in the crowded backfield of New Orleans where he wasn't going to be playing big time. He would be hoping that you could catch him in one of these these weeks where maybe he got a lot of carries. But generally speaking, he's not going to be that guy anymore. Uh, generally speaking, he was going to be behind Ingram, and Kamara's come on very well, so there's no reason to be playing him ahead of those guys at this point in his career. Uh, so what we're looking at here is he's going to Arizona. Uh, he's going to be interesting for a couple weeks because we're thinking, I mean, the, the word on the street is that David Johnson's going to be back. Um, it was it was a wrist injury, so we're not talking about an injury that's going to be to a knee, uh, something that's going to be a long-lasting leg injury that's going to change the way that he's going to be running the football. Uh, we're talking about, obviously, an injury that he can come back from and generally still play uh, the same sort of style he played before, so it shouldn't change a lot about what we do know about David Johnson at this point. The thing is, Adrian Peterson's not going to be competing with a lot of other people. Uh Adrian Peterson is going to be competing with carries with like Kerwin Williams and such. Uh, Chris Johnson was cut to make room for this uh, as it went on. So he's not going to be competing with people for these spots. He's going to get carries. Uh, it's not a good offensive line. And they've definitely had their problems. But 
Adrian Peterson at least should see some actual volume now, and that should change the way that we look at him. Uh, came up with my running back ranks this week. I'm not putting him as a starter. I don't think he's an RB1 or an RB2. Uh, I think he could be an interesting flex because he's going to have at least a ceiling that provides you with some sort of value this week. And for the next couple weeks as we await David Johnson returning from his injury. The other things, not a lot of big news other than that. We had a ton of injuries from the weekend. Uh, J.J. Watt and um, Merciless out for the year, obviously. Maybe that's the reason why why Clark had to uh, sit out this week. You got to recover from something like that, losing that much defensive power uh, altogether. But um, that definitely hurts that uh, Houston offense or defense, pardon me, going forward here this next couple, well, for the rest of the year. Uh, already without Brandon Cushing or Ryan Cushing here this week, just it's going to be a lot of bodies missing up there and a lot of talent that's not on the field. So those things are obviously things that we kind of knew. The Giants obviously were not literally decimated, but were horribly knocked back by all of their wide receiver injuries. It uh, doesn't look like uh, Sterling Shepard's likely to play at this point, but he's still listed as questionable. Uh, we'll get more as we get closer into the to the weekend here, seeing what's going to happen with him. Uh, what what this did raise up is that the Giants apparently are at least floating the possibility of trading Brandon Marshall. It sounds a little counterintuitive intuitive, because um, obviously they don't have a lot of other bodies out there catching balls. Uh, they don't have much in the running game at this point. They haven't been very successful in offense. Uh, I did see an article somewhere. I think it was some, I, I guess I'm not going to name it because we're, we're, we're an SB Nation blog. And uh, it was not an SB Nation site. Somebody was putting up that the Giants are wasting Eli Manning's uh, greatest year. And I found that strange. Uh, apparently his numbers are doing all right, but fantasy-wise, he's not interesting. And there's no running game to help support him. And now with his receivers out, there's just nothing going right with that offense right now. Um, Orleans Darquois has been facing some injuries. We're, we're talking about just a lot of different names uh, going, or Gallman coming in this week. Just a number of different things going on. And that offense is just having a lot of problems. And I think if we'd started the year saying that it was the, the opposite of how we talked at the beginning, where I very incorrectly said that the Los Angeles Rams were a black hole of fantasy value, uh, I couldn't be more wrong. They've been doing fairly well, and we've gotten plenty of value out of them. Gurley's been one of the top running backs, top players this year. But if you told me that that was where the value was going to be and that the Giants were going to be a place where you didn't want to touch, I think I'd have been very surprised. I can, I'm certain I would have been surprised by hearing that. But that seems to be where we are right now. Uh, we haven't heard any teams involved in a possible Brandon Marshall rumor, just that they are talking about this. Uh, at the same time, Odell... Odell came out uh, and made some statements this week that um, McAdoo, the head coach of the Giants, is uh, is far too predictable, and that's what's wrong with this offense. Now, as you know, I'm I'm the resident Packer writer. I think we have another Packer writer over here at uh, FakeTeams.com, which is an SB Nation site. Uh, but we um, we know Ben McAdoo. He was a former offensive coordinator with the Packers. He was a former. I'm actually. I think he was a quarterback's coach, became offensive coordinator in um, in New York after that. Um, he may have just been a guy who got promoted too quickly, too soon. There's some of this where 
Uh, Mike McCarthy is a great offensive mind. He, he's kind of one of those other guys you could say is one of those quarterback whisperers. Uh, nobody gives him enough credit for building Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if you look back at the first couple preseasons of Aaron Rodgers and you look at the news reports on Aaron Rodgers, it was not uh, all positive. He had a lot of growing to do, and he did. Uh, and over three seasons, he became great. If you look at the other quarterbacks that Mike McCarthy has touched, he made Aaron Brooks into something special. Uh, he was there helping Alex Smith at the beginning. And he's, he's done a lot of great things with a lot of different quarterbacks and helped them through best parts of their careers. Um, and sometimes people working for him get some of the credit that was his. Uh, help it happened with uh, Philbin. And I think it's happening with Ben McAdoo. And I think he's just maybe uh, reached a, a plateau. He's a master of the Peter principle where you are always going to be promoted one level above where you're useful. And uh, he might have gone a little further up than that. So we'll see. One of the other interesting uh, trade talks now is the possibility of Malcolm Butler being traded from the Patriots to the Eagles. And this is where if, if he weren't in hibernation, this would be the time to get his feeling on that. Because obviously Butler's been a, been a, a bone of contention a lot of the year here uh, in terms of his value to the team, what he's going to be to the team going forward, what are the long-range plans for the for the Patriots in this regard. So uh, that's that's something to keep our eye on, at least. It doesn't really change our fantasy values, but it will change that defense. It's, it's the worst defense in football at this point. So any sort of trade that they can work out, something they can give up without destroying their offense, if they can get a couple guys who can be serviceable and match what it is that Belichick wants to do, because he's a guy who understands defense, he could turn this around a little bit, but he's going to have to give up something and we'll see what that, that turns out to be. So through the news portion now, through the, the simple things, just getting stuff out there, throwing that around. One of the things that I wanted to go through now, and because we're talking about trades, we're getting close on NFL trade deadlines. You guys are probably getting close to your fantasy trade deadlines. In a lot of cases, our fantasy deadlines are usually later in the year. Uh, I have a couple of leagues where I actually got rid of them until the end of the, the regular season because I figured if you're talking about trading for um, like draft picks, if you're in a league that can trade for draft picks, you have keepers, then yeah, uh, I think later trade deadlines make a lot of sense because you, you can you can go right up to the end. You can kind of push yourself, and it makes it a little more exciting because – Better deals come when you're more desperate. Uh, when you're a game back and you're trying to make the playoffs rather than finish you know, ninth or whatever, however your league is set up, ninth or seventh, then, yeah, it, it changes the the dynamics. It changes the calculus of your trade. And uh, desperation can, can lead to terrible things sometimes. But what I wanted to do here is not talk about necessarily the fantasy trades that you should be looking at. We've done that once already, and we'll probably revisit that as we get closer to fantasy trade deadlines. But what I wanted to talk about is trades that if they happen in the NFL, which they won't, uh, would increase fantasy value and be something that we would all enjoy to see because they would increase the number of fantasy relevant players or at least take fantasy relevant players in some of the cases of things I've, t I've written down here and make them more relevant or make them possibly massively explosive. Uh, the first one that I want to look at here is possibility. And of course, again, these aren't trades that I've heard that anybody is talking about. I would have reported them at the beginning of this thing if these were trades that we were hearing news about. None of these trades will happen. 
none of them will happen. We're a fantasy sports program. You know, we are a fake teams.com. I'm going to give you fake trades, fake trades that aren't going to happen, but man, they would be exciting. This is a fantasy world we're living in here. So, so bear with me. Uh, I'm going to make some people very angry, I bet, but I'm going to get some people maybe thinking about this. Uh, if you have suggestions, other things that you think would be interesting, remember to hit us up uh, at RB1 Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can also you can send them to me at jbarn54 or at Pete Rogers or at NFL Clark. Uh, you can find any of us who are the, the normal hosts and co-hosts on this show. Let us know if there's ones that I missed or ones you thought of or uh, you've been praying for that you think are going to be great fantasy uh, relevant sorts of trades. Let us know about that. But here's the couple that I came up with. The first one, Stefan Diggs to Washington. And here, here's the point. Washington has been underperforming in terms of their passing game. They have Kirk Cousins, who has been lights out the last two years, has been earning that uh, gigantic money for his, uh, his franchise tag. But um, he he just the way that they turned over the roster this year did not help his fantasy value, and it seems to have at least caused him to have to take some time to get to where he used to be. And what we're talking about is if we could get Stefan Diggs there, he was a guy who's got speed, he could play not necessarily fully to uh, the DJX level, uh, but he's gonna be, he could be a guy who could be very interesting. He could help push the field uh, and change the way that things are going. Things are not going particularly well with Terrell Pryor. For whatever reason, he's just not seeing the ball in a way that we were hoping. And I know Pete Pete is is giant on this. This was one of his names. Uh, if you followed us from the beginning of the season through the preseason, that was the name that Pete was talking about uh, more than anybody. Isaiah Crowell, possibly, but Terrell Pryor was the, the big man crush that he had, the big draft crush he had at the beginning of the season. So this has been... Uh, a, you know, our long national nightmare, apparently. So uh, as we've been going through this, but Terrell Pryor has just not produced in the way that we were hoping he would as a fantasy receiver. Um, I essentially let Pete talk me into this. Uh, he, I allowed him to convince me that this was reality, and I have Terrell Pryor in a couple leagues. But still, I think if somebody like Stefan Diggs goes to Washington. Washington currently sitting at 14th in the NFL in passing yards per game, and that shouldn't happen. They're one of the highest volume passing teams over the last several years. They've gone to more of a run. Um, well, they've at least increased their run share in terms of what their offense has been doing. And if they could get somebody like Stefan Diggs, I think it would massively improve uh, Kirk Cousins' numbers. I think it would shift coverage away from Jameson Crowder and allow him to do what he does better underneath. I think we could get real deep threats. Uh, he's He is a, a decent deep threat. He's got speed. He can get downfield. He can be a one-cut guy and get open. He's a route runner. He's interesting. And I think it would also help Stefan Diggs. I, I think it would. I mean, his numbers have been great. We can't deny that. But the sort of quarterback issues I've been having in Minnesota this year, uh, we've had... Um, obviously Bradford re-injuring his knee or something saying it's something that they can't really easily treat. That's something that's been a problem for Diggs. and having case Keenum back there is not the same as having Kirk cousins. It just isn't. And you can't, you can't tell me it is. Um, I live in Wisconsin. I went to school in lacrosse. I was part of a uh, national guard unit in on Alaska. If you don't know the geography of Wisconsin, 
that's right on the river between right next to, to Minnesota. I went to school with a lot of Minnesota people. I, I deployed to Iraq with several Minnesota people and they will disagree with me on this because they think Stefan Diggs is great and he's really good. And he's great. Um, and they will tell me also that uh, Case Keenum is somehow just as good as Aaron Rodgers, and they have said that to me. They have said that in their out loud voice to me on purpose, without pulling it back and laughing about it. Um, but <laughs> this this is not the greatest setup. If he could get a a Kirk Cousins, if he could get one of those more top tier, top ten quarterbacks in the league, that would be great for him. He could be amazing. He could be a top tier, top 10 uh, receiver over the course of the season. Um, he was at one point the highest scoring fantasy receiver. I think over the last two weeks, though, he is, his numbers have declined. And a lot of that is just going to be the quarterback production is not as good as it, it could be. It is not an optimal situation for him. So I thought that that would be one fake real trade that would really help your fantasy team if ever somebody thought of a way to make that happen. But I'm not going to see it. Of course, then I would also have the uh, the secondary pleasure of being a Packer fan, watching Stefan Diggs go someplace else. But again, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I had something else, though, that would be a trade that I think would be very interesting for Minnesota. I think would help the entire Minnesota offense because without Dalvin Cook, the Minnesota offense does not look the same. Uh, the quarterbacks do not have as much time. There's not as much of a... A, a thought given to the running game because you're not nearly as afraid of Latavius Murray or Jarek McKinnon, who has had what, three or four years to try to prove to us he's something special and hasn't. Uh, what they need is a serious running back. Dalvin Cook gave them that. Dalvin Cook was everything he was meant to be. Everything that that he hyped up, that they hyped up for him, I'll say. Uh, all the hype was true. He's been everything they needed. He made that offense dynamic again. He changed the the way that you had to play the Vikings. Over the last couple of years, you could sit back, make the Vikings throw three-yard passes, and you could beat them that way. Dalvin Cook changed that. He made you have to respect that, and it opened up deep passes. It opened up the intermediate passes. It made Case Keenum look like a serious NFL quarterback for a tick. But um, losing him really changed the way that offense moved. My thought, something that would very definitely help Minnesota, Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry, who is not getting enough carries right now because he has to share time with DeMarco Murray, if he could go to Minnesota being a feature back, he could be the every down back, playing on turf, you know, playing in a dome, playing in optimal conditions, he could be just, he could be a top 10 guy. He could be a legit, he could push into that top five, I think. He could push into that area. Dalvin Cook was a legit RB1. I think before he went off something like RB8 overall. And uh, Derrick Henry could very easily do that. He's shown us the flashes of what he can do. And he just hasn't been able to get the carries he needs. He hasn't been able to get the volume he needs to be able to get the points you wanted to see from him. He would immediately be a high-impact player. He could be a guy who, that if he were suddenly put into that Vikings offense, uh, and you would go get him. You would trade for him. You would give up things for him. If you had him on your team, you would suddenly be a playoff team and a championship competitor just from having that trade happen. But it would be really cool. If we're going to stick with running backs, though, another <laughs> not going to happen sort of trade that we could talk about is uh, Seattle. Seattle needs a running back. They need a, a, somebody who 
can do it and we know can do it. Uh, Eddie Lacy has not been that guy this year. Uh, I'll tell you, I mean, like, I thought he was going to be something better than that when the season started. Uh, when he was playing with the Packers last year, he was getting five yards a carry before he got injured. He was having a very good year. He just didn't get any touchdowns and he didn't get enough carries. I thought Seattle would feature him. I thought they would get him those carries and he would be a thousand or 1200 yard rusher, you know, again, but that hasn't, that hasn't happened. And obviously part of that is uh, offensive line. They're not that good of an offensive line. Uh, he's an okay kind of pass catcher. He's not a great route runner. He's the guy who's going to fake the handoff and then turn around two yards downfield and you can dump off to him. But that's really the extent of what he could do. What they're looking for, I think, at this point in Seattle, somebody who can make their own space. Somebody like Lacey was great because he could just you know push piles at least in the way that Marshawn Lynch did. But he's not as dynamic in terms of what Marshawn Lynch used to be in terms of his cutting, uh, his spinning, his, his ability to just make people miss. What they've gotten some success from is people like Carson and people like uh, J.D. McKissick. So what I thought would be a very interesting trade, if they could go out and get Tevin Coleman. Part of this is just going to be because they need pass catchers uh, and they need guys, short route guys, who can get open and do things in space. The offensive line is not great help. Uh, Tevin Coleman has been getting most of his value in Atlanta as a pass catcher. Uh, he does run. I mean, he can run. He can run between the tackles. He can run outside. He can do all the things you need to do. He's a dynamic player. But they've used him mostly in that passing attack while while they've had him on the field. And he would be great in Seattle at that role. If he could get out there, he would have something like, you know, he would just he would be that short route kind of guy. He would get outside. He could run screens. He could, you know, do the carries. He could run the draw plays. He's got a ton of speed. He'd be playing on that that's the fast track out there as well. And that would be a very interesting thing for your fantasy team because Tevin Coleman right now goes a little bit up and down because it depends on his usage, which means it depends on how the game is going. If he went to Seattle, he would immediately get tons of usage. His volume would increase dramatically. And that would make him much more uh, exciting and much more interesting in terms of his fantasy value. Uh, the next one I have, actually, I went to wide receiver again, back to kind of the digs talk that we had here. But I got a dynamic receiver, a guy who had a lot of yards and had a lot of touchdowns last year, was not number one on his team, is right now not really getting the sorts of catches we maybe hoped he could because he's exciting, he's interesting. But he's the third receiver on his own team right now, and I think that there's definitely a team out there looking for receiver help. And that's the New York Giants because, you know, they just don't have anybody healthy in that wide receiver core right now. But the name I'm going to suggest is Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel is a guy who's fast. Uh, you can line him up in the backfield. You could put him in a slot. You could put him outside. You can run him underneath. You could run him deep. He's a 4-4 speed. Now, the 4-4... The measured 4-4 is a pro day because he was out of Abilene Christian and he didn't get a combine invite. But he's an exciting player. And he put up really good numbers being a third receiver in that Atlanta offense. And if you put him with Eli Manning, giving him another fast, dynamic player that he could do something with, since he's going to be without Odell Beckham Jr. for the rest of the year, uh, that could be something very exciting. And it could at least give you, you know, you and me as as a Taylor Gabriel owner, 
could give those of us who have held on to him, hoping, hoping against all hope that this was going to change, that there was going to be something new coming on here with Taylor Gabriel. It would give us something to say, yeah, that that would be amazing because suddenly he would be a wide receiver too, at least I think at that at that point. But right now, he's a bench player. He's a guy you're going to rotate in when you have a bye week, things like that. So he's he's um he's a very talented, very fast, very explosive player who is not getting you consistent touches. Uh, he had none last week. No targets, I believe, last week. He had no catches. I know. And uh, if he could do something like that, that would definitely increase his his value here uh, exponentially. So the last name I'm going to give you in this little academic exercise that I've worked out uh, here on the John Solo week or just day, I guess, um, is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon right now is in a three-headed monster backfield. And in all fairness, Giovanni Bernard has been the best producer in that backfield. He's been catching the ball well. He's been running the ball well. He just isn't getting full-time, legit RB1 volume. And that's that's killed him because Jeremy Hill just suddenly is going to show up and run for 120 and then disappear again. Um, and Joe Mixon every now and then will be the featured back. But and this one's going to be more of a stretch possibly than, than some of the other ones that I've mentioned here. But Joe Mixon to the Colts. Now it's not going to be filling him into a, an already dynamic offense. It's not gonna be like the Minnesota one where they have receivers, they have people in place and he would be the piece that would make the system have, have balance. Joe Mixon is going to be there. Obviously Jacoby Brissett's a, a very mobile quarterback that usually works out very well for running backs. It usually boosts value for running backs to have a mobile quarterback because you have to respect that. The other thing, though, is they do have a couple good receivers. Uh, they just haven't been getting any value because the offense is not running the way that it's intended to run. Um, the Colts are actually sixth in the NFL in rushing attempts per game. They have 29.8 rushing attempts per game. So the problem here, though, so I mean, I'm asking you to hear me out on this. It's you know, <laughs> Trying to find fantasy value in the Colts is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. But I think Joe Mixon could do it, and I think I'm I'm pushing it here. Um, the Colts, despite being sixth in the NFL in rushing attempts, are 17th in yards per game. There, Frank Gore is not getting you the sort of value that you maybe. Well, I'm not going to say that you hope for because I don't think anybody hoped for any specific fantasy value from Frank Gore. Although I did tell you to start him last week, uh, I think he did all right. Just no touchdowns, but he was almost 100 yards total between rushing and catching. But Joe Mixon would be a young, more dynamic runner. He would get the carries. He could get more bulk, uh, and he could be more valuable there than he is in in pardon me, Cincinnati. So it's just somebody else that would be interesting. It would be a way to find better fantasy value for Joe Mixon than what he's getting currently with the Bengals. So... I've walked you through my ridiculous academic exercise. Um, it's It was just something fun, something interesting. We try to do something different here as we go uh, week by week by week because otherwise we're just sitting here giving you uh, names, numbers, stats, and walking you through it. I'm going to give you something ridiculous. And that was ridiculous as, as much as I enjoyed the exercise and I enjoyed the strategy of it possibly. Um, none of these trades are going to happen, obviously. But uh, hopefully you found it interesting. And again, if you have any other names that you think would be interesting, remember to, to tweet at us here and uh, and let us know. Um, I'm going to move forward now 
I'm going to take it off into the more traditional fantasy world here. Give you some start sits. Now, start sit advice is something where normally Pete would have one and normally Clark would have one. And then I would bring in something and we would box it around like that. But again, you've only heard one voice through your, uh, your speakers or your headphones or however you uh, enjoy this podcast. And that has been mine. So I'm going to try to give you a couple here. I'm sure uh, the insight of Pete and Clark would give me vastly different ones. And whatever we would be doing here and start and sit, uh, Pete would have changed the rules. So not Pete, sorry. Clark would have changed the rules on me. Um, so we're going to go pretty straightforward here, just giving us everything that we've got that uh, this is exactly what we've been hoping for here. One of the start sits I'm going to give you here is um, it's not really a sit. Uh, bye weeks now we're into the second week of bye weeks so uh, you're gonna be without Andy Dalton uh, Tyra Taylor Russell Wilson in terms of well, and Dak Prescott uh, the different quarterbacks you're gonna be without if you're looking for a streaming option a quarterback uh, look for Trevor Simeon uh, he's not necessarily owned in a ton of leagues right now um, he, I mean he is decently owned but not not extensively but he's a guy who's gonna be very interesting uh, they're gonna be playing the Giants they're gonna be playing the Giants at home Trevor Simeon has been better at home. His splits are much better uh, where he is. Uh, and the Giants are the, the – they give up the 10th tenth, tenth most fantasy points to quarterbacks uh, in fantasy football right now. And there are good receivers on the team. There's a good running game to that team. They have been pushing the ball with Simeon this year. And uh, he's played pretty well. So I think that if, if you see him out there, if you've got him out there somewhere still available to you, go pick him up. If, you, if you've if you got Tyrod Taylor or Russell Wilson sitting there with the bye, and like most people, you didn't try to save, a, you, didn't, you didn't waste a bench spot getting a quarterback that's just going to sit there for you. If you have to go out and find some streaming quarterback, Trevor Simeon is a great pick this week to go out and get, and I would advise you to start him if you have him probably. Because uh, unless you've got one of those top five type guys, if you've got him and Rodgers, you're definitely starting Rodgers. Him and Brady, you're starting Brady. But if you can go get Trevor Simeon at this point, I think he would still be a very good pick for this week at least uh, and several weeks going forward. Uh, the next one, sit Carlos Hyde. Uh, and this pains me to say it. It will pain uh, Pete far more to hear me say it when he hears this podcast. Um, but... Sit Carlos Hyde. Uh, Carlos Hyde is going to be going to play uh, Washington. Washington held Kareem Hunt to 101 yards. Um, he's they've been a very a very good in terms of preventing fantasy points from opposing running backs. Uh, Carlos Hyde is also seeing a lot of his uh, carries going to Breda. He's been seeing his, his touches decreasing. His value in terms of his yards has been decreasing over the last three weeks. So there's a decreasing return on Carlos Hyde, and he's not particularly a good matchup that he want, that you would want to have him out there for you this week. Um, if you go to that same matchup, though, uh, Washington obviously had their bye week last week. But if you can get Chris Thompson, now Thompson's 85% owned in within the ESPN or, or Yahoo leagues. He's about 85% owned. Uh, but he's clearly being kind of featured slightly above the other running backs there. Um, Samaj Pirine and uh, Rob Kelly 
are kind of splitting that uh, straight ahead runner type role. And Thompson's been getting some running, but he's been the basically the sole pass catching running back on that team. And because of that, he's got a lot of value. He's been the highest scoring fantasy running back on that team for the last several weeks. He's giving you double digit value most of the, the weeks that he's been out there. So he's a guy who, if you if you've got people in this game, say Carlos Hyde, star Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson's going to get you more points, uh, especially if you're playing a PPR format. I would I would definitely go with Chris Thompson over Carlos Hyde, especially this week. So that's one to take a look at. Uh, Rob Kelly right now has been going through some injuries. He's about 52% owned. Um, I guess I'm not. Uh, there's a reason probably for that. But if he's in, Samaj P Ryan's not going to get that many carries. If if Rob Kelly's not in that game, P. Ryan's going to get more carries, but still only going to be something like 10 or 12 carries probably. Um, one other running back to possibly take a look at this week, and this is one where you're going to have to take a look at the way at the pardon me, the injury uh, reports as they come out. But possibly at this point, add Elijah McGuire of the New York Jets to your bench. If you have a bench spot there that you're willing to give up that you don't particularly have any ongoing value with. Uh, he's going to be an interesting add to at least keep on your bench for this week. Bilal Powell uh, is facing some injury issues. If he doesn't go, it seems also likely that uh, Matt Forte will not be going. Uh, if those two are out, McGuire is going to get just, he's going to get all the carries. He's going to get all the carries on that team. And they're playing uh, the Patriots at home. So he, you could be looking at a starting running back who is going to get a bulk of the carries, if not every carry and every snap. And he's going to be playing at home against the worst defense in football at this moment. So that could be a very interesting person to have depending on, on these things. So yeah, if you have him or you've picked him up, you're going to have to keep an eye on Bilal Powell and, and see how that's going. One of the other sits here that I have going, I have a quarterback. I've given you a running back. So I'm going to keep going down the list. I'm going to give you a wide receiver. Sit Amari Cooper. He hasn't given you anything. He just hasn't. He has been massively disappointing so far. It's like something's wrong. And nobody's reporting that there's an injury or anything weird going on there, but he's just not getting the ball. He had that one great great game where you remember seeing the highlights of him like carrying three guys in the end zone, like flipping them off his back and you know getting himself in there. But he is not getting the ball enough to be uh, a, a wide out one. He's not a, a wide receiver one at this point. Um, if you're playing him like your wide receiver one, you obviously drafted him to be a wide receiver one. He should be one of the top 10 guys in, in your fantasy league, and he is not. At this point, until he starts producing, until he starts seeing something, I don't want to start him in any league. I'm not going to trade anything to go get him at this point. I He's a, he's a you know, I, I don't I, I don't want to trade for him. He's not a buy low for me. He's just a guy I don't want at this moment. I would want to see something before I did anything with him. So sit Amari Cooper. And to make sure that I give you sit, I give you somebody to start in that place. Uh, I actually have two names. One of the higher end names who is probably not available in your league at all. Uh, Calvin Benjamin. Calvin Benjamin has been great. He double digit the last two weeks and three out of the last four. Um, he's going to go up against Philadelphia this week. Uh, he's been very strong. There's been some injuries in that Philadelphia backfield. And he could be very, uh, very nice here. He, and then the thing is, you expect that Kelvin Benjamin's production is touchdown dependent, but it hasn't been. 
he's only had the one touchdown in the last four weeks there when he's been really productive. Um, he's just getting catches and he's getting yards for you. And so the fact that he's not touchdown dependent means that if he has a touchdown, uh, which is still likely, I think, in, in a lot of games, they've been throwing the ball a lot. Uh, Cam Newton's been getting you 300 yards each of the last two weeks. Um, I, I think it could be very interesting to have him on the team. If you've got him, then you definitely need to start him. I think you've possibly had him <laughs> with the fear of that uh, that weird uh, preseason photo where it looked like he was a 300-pound lineman. If you got him late, then you were playing him in a flex or something like that. He's been playing great. He's going to get you wide receiver one type production here. The other name, though, that's probably a little further down your list, uh, Jerron Brown. Not John Brown, but Jerron Brown of the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, he's going to get to go up against Tampa Bay this week. Tampa Bay gives up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, they're the worst at that in the league. This is a this is a team. The Tampa Bay defense is a team that allowed Kendall Wright to get seven catches and be fantasy relevant. Um, Bellamy had several catches in that Bears game. They have not looked good in terms of their defense, and it's been really harsh seeing that uh, go the way it is. But if you've got Jerron Brown, uh, I would put him out there this week. Uh, he's going to be somewhere in the wide receiver two, high-end flex area. And he's going to be somebody who's going to be very interesting in this week. He he does get good targets. Uh, he's had a couple weeks already where he's had double-digit targets. Uh, and he's he's got speed, and he finds the end zone sometimes. So he's a guy who's going to be very interesting this week. And I think he's going to get you a bunch of points. So if you are going to sit Amari Cooper and you can get Jerron Brown, at this point I would do it. Jerron Brown has been far more valuable than Amari Cooper so far this year and far more consistent. Well, I guess consistent in terms of being consistently good as opposed to being consistent yet not producing. So it's a much shorter podcast. I think when it's just me, it's just me talking. I don't have anybody to bounce off of. And so uh, I also don't have the technical difficulties that I might normally have, but I'll, I'll try to wind this up here. We'll obviously start with a little bit of uh, Thursday night football. Uh, normally, Clark makes sure that we have all of our bases covered by people go low score, I'll go a high score, and, and, and then we'll have Clark picking the underdog. But uh, with just me, we'll just get you one pick here. Thursday night, it's going to be Eagles at Carolina. Right now, the spread is Carolina by three and a half, and the over-under is 45 and a half. Uh, this could easily get over that 45. Both these teams have been pretty explosive in terms of their offensive firepower. Carson Wentz has looked great this year. Uh, he's been using his receiving core very well. Uh, Jeffrey and and all of them have been putting up really nice numbers. I mean, not necessarily you can tell whether it's going to be Jeffrey or Aguilar or whoever's going to get the ball. Even without Darren Sproles, they've had some uh, nice plays. Corey Clement has stepped in as the the fourth back, I guess, and played fairly well. Garrett Blunt has had a, a decent role here. They've been a, a very good offense so far. Carolina started off kind of shaky this year. Uh, they had that kind of mind-blowing loss to New Orleans at home. And uh, since then, though, they've, they've looked good the last two weeks. They are 4-1. and one. Uh, They lead their division. 
And Cam Newton looks like himself in these last two games. Not as much running, obviously, but uh, he threw for 316 yards, three touchdowns, one pick at New England, uh, 355 yards, three touchdowns, no picks at Detroit, and he's coming home. All right, so he's heading back to Carolina. And here's the other thing that I found very interesting. Uh, the Eagles, well, you know, Carson Wentz specifically, uh, his home road split numbers are ridiculous. Uh, at home, he's completing 68.9% of his passes. On the road, 58.6. Uh, 112.7 rating at home, 89.8 on the road. Um, they're they're going to be tr- hoping that that's a, a trend they can break out of. They've played more of their games at home than on the road at this point anyhow and have had a couple nice matchups for themselves. But they're going to be in Carolina this week, and they're going to have to deal with that. Um, their defense has been very good so far. They're fourth in the NFL in yards per game in passing on defense. Uh, and so they're going to have to deal with a lot of different things. Uh, both Funches and Benjamin have looked very good the last couple of weeks. Uh, Ed Dixon exploded last week, had two separate 50-plus yard receptions. I think they said that's the first time that's been done in Carolina history, which blows your mind because they've had Greg Olson for years now. And I think they said it was the first player to have two 50-plus yard receptions in Carolina history. That means that Steve Smith never did it, which also just kind of blew my mind when I saw that stat. But they're finding ways to get a lot of people involved. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has been great in the passing game. He has been involved, uh, and he has been getting good targets, and he's been getting downfield. He can be a 100-yard receiver in this game uh, pretty easily and make uh, those – Philadelphia linebackers chase him all around or the safety or whoever they're going to have to put on to cover him because he's going to be out there in space trying to find places to go and get himself open to get out there. But uh, LeGarrette Blunt has been out there too to be that battering uh, ram that they need at times. And or, pardon me, I'm going the other way here. I'm sorry, uh, Jonathan Stewart. I mean, Jonathan Stewart. I'm getting my teams kind of crossed here. But Jonathan Stewart's been that great battering ram too. He hasn't been explosive or... Um, particularly fantasy relevant, but he gives them something that definitely helps force you to have to play several different things. So the Eagles defense is going to have to have a lot to do with finding a way to at least take away some of those weapons and make them play more one dimensionally or try to get after cam. If they can get a pass rush on him, which they're definitely capable of doing, then that could be an interesting game there. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun because the Eagles still do score a lot of points. They've got that running attack. Like I said, four deep at the running back. Uh, if Wendell Smallwood is back and healthy this week, he definitely becomes interesting as a pass catcher. Like Garrett Blunt is a runner. Corey Clement is going to go in there and spell them at some point. Um, as you know, I'm a Wisconsin guy. I love my Wisconsin Badgers. And Corey Clement is a Wisconsin Badger through and through. And uh, it's great to see him having some success after a... Uh, an injury-prone sort of single year almost completely derailed his his push uh, at Wisconsin. Came back, have a great senior year, and now uh, having some some run with the Eagles is is great to see. But having him back there as a guy who can definitely plug in there and get up uphill and 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 put his weight behind that line and move it. He's a strong, thick guy. He's got great feet. He can change very small distances. Uh, and and just find gaps to run through. And he's been very good in terms of especially being the 
the fourth option in that running game, and now the third option without Darren Sproles. So the Eagles have a lot of weapons. Carolina has a lot of weapons, and these defenses are both fairly good. It should be a good game to, to watch. Uh, unfortunately, it's Thursday night, so you'll never know. Uh, like I said, the spread is three and a half. Uh, my prediction in this one is going to be Carolina. I'm picking the Carolina Panthers. I think it's going to be something around 28-24. Uh, the difference in this game is essentially going to be at some point, somebody's going to be kicking a field goal when it, they needed a touchdown. All right, the difference is going to be who scores touchdowns versus who scores field goals. And I just think that it's going to be uh, Carolina getting that extra one and getting the the points and uh, to, to make sure that they get this win. They're going to be in front of their home crowd again. They've been gone for two weeks. It's their homecoming, and they're going to go out there, and I think they're going to have a win. Uh, so clearly, um, Pete's going to pick a bigger win. And uh, just to make sure that we're covered on all of our bases, Clark thinks Carolina is going to lose, thinks the Eagles are going to win, and he thinks they're going to win by 10 points. I'm going to say 31-21. That's going to be uh, Clark's official, unofficial prediction for this week. So uh, hopefully hasn't been too weird just having a single voice talking with you uh, this week. Uh, hopefully haven't enraged you while you're driving your car to work or wherever you do listen to this. But uh, hopefully you got something out of this, and hopefully – yeah, you'll be back next week when we we have Clark and hopefully Pete back with us here, and we can get back to getting you some uh, roundups from the weekend sports here as we get back to fantasy football and week six of the fantasy season. Uh, remember, of course, to hit us up, look us up on Twitter. It's uh, again at RB One Podcast uh, at Pete Rogers is normally here. Uh, I am Jonathan Barnett. You can find me at jbarn fifty four. And you can find uh, Clark at NFL Clark. And make sure you look us up on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, go to iTunes. Please subscribe. Please download. Whether or not you listen to us is not necessarily important, but please do download uh, and get that subscription in there. If you could also make sure that you give us five-star rating. That five-star rating will help to make sure that we show up more in searches and will help to make sure that other people can find wonderful fantasy uh, advice like this. Uh, wonderful if I do say so myself. I am not your humble host. I am Jonathan Barnett. And remember, of course, that this is RB1, a fantasy podcast, and we care about your fantasy. Until next week.